Good morning, everybody. It is our joy to be with you and to to worship with you. And hopefully one day we will be able to see one another's faces and spend time with each other. And I wonder if this isn't at least enough in our minds to make us think about looking forward to that day when we see Christ face to face. You know, we've had this month or two where we, we hear what's going on and we have confidence that one day we will see each other face to face. And I wonder if it's not similar to, to our longing to see Christ one day face to face. We read about Him. We see what's going on. We have confidence that one day we will be with Him. But today, as we work our way through the Bible, I hope you're joining us in reading, reading from Genesis to Revelation this year, and now we find ourselves in the middle of the Bible, and today we're looking into the Proverbs, but I'll give you a, I guess a foreshadowing, Song of Solomon is coming up. And I shared with someone this week, you thought I was uncomfortable with the money text. <clears throat> Song of Solomon is coming soon. So, but right now, Proverbs, Book of Wisdom, but also Confusion. And as we read through Proverbs, sometimes we read it as like one-liners. It's one phrase or one thought. And sometimes it inspires in us that thought that, wow, that's good. And kind of like what we see in, in Facebook world, except not in a godly way, that somebody sends a zinger or we just get something that all of a sudden just connects to us at that point. But as we, we look at walking in wisdom, as we look at the Proverbs... I want us to see the fact that, that it is certainly possible that you can have comfort and confidence in living out the will of God. And so with that in mind, would you open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1? I'm going to read the first seven verses of Proverbs Chapter 1. So let's hear the word of the Lord. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So as we pause and think on that, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this, this awesome day that you've given us, a day just that declares your beauty, your glory, your control, your sovereignty. Lord, we also thank you for this body of believers 
to which we belong. Even though we haven't seen each other, we know each other. We have a common Father, a common destination. Lord, we even have common strengths. And so, Lord, I pray that you would make us wise. Help us to see our own foolishness and be drawn to wisdom. And I pray that today you would shine light on your glory, that we might focus on you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So this, this one question, this question that we anxiously ask, we ask ourselves, occasionally we will ask others, but this question, what is God's will for my life? Have you ever been there? Have you been at that place? Perhaps you're there now where we think about what is God's will for my life? I remember thinking through this as a teenager. I came to faith in Christ at 14. And the more I understood about what it means to be a believer, the more that question came to my mind. If, if I was born to, to worship God, if I existed to bring Him glory, then what does that mean for me? What is God's will for my life? And... It goes all the way back to creation. Go back with me as we worked our way through the text. In creation, man was in complete harmony with the Creator. We had a relationship that was sweet, that was perfect. And so not only was man's relationship with the Creator just great and perfect, but man was in complete harmony with the creation. And so with the creator, with creation. And so everything was good. It didn't last but three and a half chapters in Genesis. And then the fall. And with the fall, man's relationship with the creator was destroyed. But also man's relationship with the creation distorted. And that comes into mind every time I'm in the woods and I get ripped up by thorns. I think of the fall. I think of the snake. I think of Genesis. But we think about it this way. There was a, a vertical component in the beginning. And that vertical component, component between God and man was right. With creation, that horizontal component between man and man, man and nature, and all of those things was good. But then, totally messed up in the fall, when both were broken. The horizontal, the vertical relationship broken. And quite honestly, if not for God's grace, Adam and Eve would have been dead on the spot. They deserved to be dead on the spot. Just, in, just like you and me, we deserve death in our sin. And so, we get to this, this book of wisdom. And this makes, it makes perfect sense in light of what we've been reading through the text. That I want us to connect it and look at redemption anticipated in Solomon. And how he 
shows us how we can learn wisdom from him. And we can see that God had the whole thing rigged from the beginning. He's not making, his up, making it up as we go along. He knew from the start. And so, this temple that David started, Solomon finished, there's God-centered worship at the temple. And so, as we look into Solomon and we see just wisdom, he drops knowledge and wisdom all throughout the book. But look at this context into this, this point in time where the temple is built, worship is important, and this worship that's going on at the temple, in that, they revere his person. They revere the person of God. And Solomon's wisdom is directly tied to Solomon's worship. And so, God-centered worship at the temple, they revere his person. The Lord is the almighty creator of all things. And when they worship him, they worship him as supreme over creation. And as we go through the Proverbs, we see this in chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the deeps were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. And we see that all the way through Proverbs. We see the Lord Almighty is the creator of all things. But not only the creator, we see the Lord is the sovereign sustainer of all things. And we see this in, in the text. We see it in chapter 16. We see it all the way through, really, chapter 16. Let's go there a moment. Chapter 16, verse 1. To man belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. Verse 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. And so you see that he is the sustainer. He not only made it, but he keeps it going. Verse 9 of chapter 16, in his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. So the Lord creates, the Lord is the sustainer of all things, and Thirdly, the Lord is the eternal judge of all people. The Lord is the eternal judge of all people. And so when we read this, when we say this, I want to be careful that we don't just stay in history, but understand that God is the eternal judge of all people, and that includes you, that includes me, that one day he will judge you. One day he will judge me. One day we will stand before this judge who created and sustains the whole world. And so we revere his person and we rejoice 
in His grace. We rejoice partly because we're still alive. Though we are sinful, He allows us by His grace to even be alive. In chapter 3, verse 3 and following, He says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. And so, we want to be faithful. We want to walk in His path. We want to walk in a way that, that honors Him, pleases Him, and brings Him glory. But we also know that following in that path is the best for us too. And so, may you and I be found faithful in following this wisdom that leads to a relationship with this God. And so, we worship Worship at the temple, revering His person, rejoicing in His grace, and receiving His word. In Proverbs 13, I want us to read here as well. Chapter 13, verse 13. He who scorns instruction will pay for it, but he who respects a command is rewarded. Do you hear that? God in His grace gives us His Word. And so, He lays it out for us. But, He who scorns instruction will pay for it. Have you ever been there? Have you ever thought, yeah, the, the instructions say do it this way, but I know better. Have you ever been there? And then you pay for it. And right now you're thinking through the price you paid for it and what it costs to do it correctly according to the instructions. And so we rejoice in His grace. We receive His word and also we remember His purpose. We remember His purpose. And, and think about the purpose for which we have this text. The purpose for our existence is to bring God glory. We exist to bring God glory. And so the purpose of this wisdom is to make His glory known. We see it in the text. The more we read it, the more we learn of Him, the more we learn of Him, the more we thirst and long for Him. And so this God-centered worship leads to God-given wisdom for the king. So we get wisdom. In James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. And not only just ask, but the promise that God will give. God will give wisdom. And so really what that says to me is I filter that through my mind. It says to me, if you're not wise, it's your own fault. If I'm not wise, that is laid at my feet because God has offered it for the asking. And so if I don't have wisdom, it is because I have not read or I have not asked for wisdom. And so, God-given wisdom 
for the king. And as, as you read through Proverbs, I don't want us to fall into the trap that as we read that these are guarantees because the Proverbs are guidelines for living, not guarantees in life. And so when you, when you read through this and when it says that if you are wise, good things will happen. It is almost like believing what you hear on TV. If you pray over this cloth, then you're going to get millions. Or if you send this, this email on, or you push send, or you push follow on whatever on Facebook, that your next wish is going to come true. That's foolish. But, these are guidelines. If we follow Christ... The tendency is for good things to happen. Does that mean that it always does in every situation? No. But it does mean that if we follow after Christ, it will lead us in good paths. Sometimes we need the rocks in our way. Sometimes the rocks in our way is His will to get us into His way and out of our own way. So God-given wisdom for the king. And so these guidelines, we see these guidelines in our family. We see it in our, in our family in the way that we love. We read in Proverbs in chapter 5 that we should love your spouse loyally. And so Proverbs chapter 5 verse 15 and hear this, hear this wisdom. Drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public squares, let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. Are you reading between the lines here? May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be captivated by her love. Just in case you weren't reading between the lines before, we finished. And just a sneak peek, words chosen carefully, for Song of Solomon coming up to a sermon near you. And so, this wisdom, these guidelines for, for the family, Love your spouse loyally, and then instruct your children intentionally. Instruct your children intentionally. Chapter 23 of Proverbs speaks of the rod. Using the rod. and The rod brings salvation. And so... I think that's what my mom meant when she said she was going to beat the something out of me. And so, spare the rod, spoil the child. But through this, through this book of wisdom, we see this warnings against adultery. We see Proverbs 31 being that honorable woman 
we see the, the wisdom of do not wonder. Do not wonder away from God. Do not wonder away from your spouse. This wisdom for the family. But then even, not only in the family, but among friends, we see wisdom to avoid evil company. Chapter 24, verses 1 and 2. To stay among wise people. You choose your, your friends wisely. And you think about it. Think about how much you look like those people around you. Good or bad. But you think about when, when you're young and your parents tell you to choose your friends carefully. Listen to that wisdom, young people. Listen to that wisdom, old people. Choose your friends carefully. And that even goes for your friends on Facebook as well. Avoid evil company. Promote good companionship. Chapter 17, verse 17. And so Proverbs, wisdom among your family, among friends. Wisdom with words. Chapter 10, verse 18, he tells us to guard what you say. He who conceals his hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of judgment. So guard what you say, but also guard what you hear. Control what you say, control what you hear, and it is wisdom. And so there's wisdom among friends, wisdom with our words, but also wisdom with our wealth. Wisdom with wealth. Chapter 14, verse 23, it tells us that hard work is valuable. Hard work is valuable. And we live in a culture that you would think this would be understood, but our culture needs to hear that there is value in hard work. Verse 23 says, all hard work brings a profit, but merely talk leads only to poverty. The wealth of the wise is their crown, but the folly of fools yields folly. There's wisdom here that we need to hear, that we need to practice. So hard work is valuable. Helping the needy is, is vital. Chapter 29, verse 7, helping the needy is vital. This is wisdom. But then also extreme wealth and extreme poverty both appear undesirable. As we look at this in the text, both 
seem is undesirable. Chapter 30 in verse 7. Two things I ask of you, O Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. So there is no... It's not just... Like the righteous rich or the evil poor, there are there's certainly righteous poor and evil rich. And so it's not how much you make that determines your wisdom or your closeness to God. And we will be wise to operate our lives in that as well. And so the wisdom of Solomon. If we... If we know Christ, I believe that that wisdom is the fruit of a right relationship with God. And so, if wisdom is the fruit of a right relationship with God, then it is wise to be close to God. So we should yearn for Him, long for Him, and walk with Him. But the bottom line is, we need more than Solomon to help us. Solomon is dead. And he died not to save our sin. And so I want us to look at redemption achieved in Christ. We, look at re we looked at redemption anticipated in Solomon, but let's look at redemption achieved in Christ. Where Solomon built the temple, Jesus is the true temple. John chapter 2, we see that, that he is the true temple, and we behold his glory. And, you know, thinking back to Solomon, it wasn't long before Solomon turns his heart away from God. That all of a sudden, wealth and women became very important to him. And so, if if we look at the wisest person who is, had ever lived on earth in Solomon's day, and, and God told him he would be the wisest man on earth. But even then, he did not finish well. He followed women. He had incredible wealth. And I believe the same is true for us. If we are left to ourselves, we are prone to wonder. We will run away. And so, we need more than Solomon. We need Christ, who is the true temple. We need Christ. And Jesus enables the worship of God. On the cross... He gave us the opportunity to worship God. We need someone who can make us righteous because remember the whole, the whole temple. We remember the sacrifice. Remember the high priest that would go in on behalf of the people and have a sacrifice so it would make one holy 
to go in before God. We're sinful. Sinful man cannot approach holy God until Christ on the cross that enables us to have righteousness to approach a holy God. And so Jesus enables the worship of God and he is the perfect king. Solomon was a noteworthy king. Under his reign, Israel grew incredibly. But Christ is the perfect king. David failed. Solomon failed. Jesus will never fail. And so Jesus embodies the wisdom of God. He embodies the wisdom of God. And so we see that what Solomon anticipated, Christ achieved. And so what we have here is, is Christ is a better picture, even a perfect picture of who God is. And we, we want to apply this to us. And so let's look at this redemption applied in us. And if we look at this, we see that in Christ, we live in continual worship. Because remember, where's the temple? We are the temple. And so, as we are the temple, we can continually worship God. He lives in us. And so in Christ, we live in continual worship. And remember back to where we were with, with Solomon. We revere his person humbly. We revere him. And in Sunday school this morning, we were, we were talking about humility and how God gives us everything, but he tells us to be wise, to be humble, because everything comes from him. And so we revere his person humbly. And we rejoice in His grace wholeheartedly. So this God who made us, the same God who saved us, the same God who sustains us, is the God who could have wiped us out and perhaps if He would be certainly within His rights to wipe us off the face of the planet. This God allows us to know Him. And so that should help us to rejoice in His grace. As Proverbs 28 says, Proverbs 8, I mean 28, verse 13. He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. And so we should rejoice in His grace, rejoice in the mercy that comes from God and and as, as Solomon said in Proverbs, we should receive his word consistently. Matthew 7 says, he who hears my word and puts it into practice says, you are wise. And so let us hear his word and put it into practice. So we receive his word consistently and we remember his purposes we remember his purposes daily. 
Ephesians 1 speaks about this, that we, we daily walk in His truth. We daily follow after Him. We daily give Him honor that He deserves. And so in Christ, we live in continual worship. And then in Christ, we walk with continual wisdom. We walk in wisdom. He gives us wisdom whenever we ask, right? James chapter 1, verse 5, if you lack wisdom, then you ask. And, and God will give it. We'll give the wisdom that we ask for. And so, He gives us wisdom whenever we ask. So, what is our response to that? Ask. Ask for wisdom. He gives us His wisdom whenever we ask. But then, He guides us in His wisdom wherever we go. So, not just does He say, go do it, but He says, follow me. I will show you how. I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. So in every decision that we face this week, every one of them, we have Christ in us who gives us wisdom, but not only gives us wisdom, but walks with us and walks before us so that we can follow Him in faith. And so... There's a big difference between intelligence and wisdom. Take the, the smartest atheist in the whole entire world, and Solomon in Proverbs would call him a fool. Not because he is an idiot. Not because he is not smart. He has intelligence, but his knowledge looking through, his, his knowledge is viewed through a lens that doesn't believe in God. And so through that view that he has, everything is tainted, so he is foolish. And so his perspective of the world is ultimately empty, which leads to foolishness. And so, wisdom. How do you look at wisdom? The internet looks at wisdom in weird ways. I think back through memes that I have seen and how wisdom is characterized in our public. You know, being smart is knowing that you can beat up a skunk anytime you wanted to, but wisdom is knowing that you should not ever want to, right? And then the other one, being smart is knowing that tomato is a fruit. Being wise is not putting it in the fruit salad. That's what we see when we think wisdom on the internet. But let us draw close and be wise by reading the Word, read, reading about wisdom, and then asking the one who is all wise for the wisdom that He tells us to ask for. So ask for it. And so we have this redemption applied to us in Christ. But then finally, the answer we gladly 
receive. The answer we gladly receive. And that is that God, God desires for me to know and follow His will so much that He lives in me and leads me to accomplish it. So think about that wherever we are, whatever we need to do, that the goal is not to answer our question. The goal is intimacy with Jesus Christ Himself. And so when we ask the question, what is God's will for my life? The answer is that God desires for me to know and follow His will so much that He lives in me and leads me to accomplish it. It's not about getting to a destination. You think about it, if we come to Christ only to get out of hell and get into heaven, if that's it, why would we care to get to heaven if we have no desire to be with Jesus? So many people just don't like pain and don't want to burn in hell forever, and that's all they think about. And so the absence of my behind being on fire is my ultimate goal. But that's foolish because our ultimate goal is relationship with Christ. And, and it's not as much about knowing His will, it's about knowing Christ. It's about trusting in Christ, leaning on Christ, walking with Christ, and enjoying Christ as our wisdom in every step of our journey. And so, when we think about wisdom... We want to make sure that we're just not trying to be smart. Because smart people, if it's only intelligence, it is foolishness. And so let us, let us recognize our lack of wisdom. And let us recognize where the source of all wisdom is. Let us draw deep from the well. Let us go to Him often and ask for wisdom and follow His wisdom and I think one more thing would apply here. When we think about where our life is, we have this tendency to think about the garbage that happens to us. And this has happened, and that has happened, and I can't believe that this, I don't make any money, and, and this, all of these bad things. Can we think through that and ask ourselves, if we had backed up a little bit in several steps before, how could we have applied wisdom that would have led us down a different path that would not have cost us so dearly living foolishly? And then, as we do that, then let us apply that wisdom where we are right now and follow that wisdom in advance so we don't have to put all of our stuff out on Facebook and say, life is horrible, this is terrible. And then your pastor and other people want to say, that's because you've chosen foolishly. But all we do is we think about our foolishness when it's too late. So let us think wisely from the start. Let us live in wisdom. And let that wisdom, even now, if you've never trusted Christ, 
Make the wisest move you have ever made and trust Christ right now. Perhaps you're at the place where you have cornered the market on stooping. You have you are living out the consequences of living foolishly. You know what is more foolish than that? Knowing that you are living out the consequences of your foolishness and continuing to live as a fool. Choose this moment to be wise. Trust Christ. And at least from this moment forward, follow Him faithfully. Follow Him in wisdom. Give Him honor. And you get to reap the rewards of wisdom and not foolishness. And so, if I can help you in any way in this, give me a call. Text me, whatever works for you, and I would love to, to walk you through what trusting Christ means and, and growing in wisdom in this. And believe me, it takes less time to make the decision to trust Christ fully than it does to dig ourselves out of the foolishness that we walk into ourselves. And so keep this in mind in your life as we pray together. Father, we just thank you for giving us the opportunity to be wise. We can find foolishness ourselves. And it is easy to find foolishness and we're good at it. But Lord, I pray that right now you would call us out, convince us of our own foolishness for our own good. And help us to see that, that we don't have to be foolish. That we can live as wise and follow you. And so Lord, I pray that you would do what is wise and make us uncomfortable in our foolishness. But then help us to reap the rewards of your wisdom in us. Father, I pray for anyone out there right now that's struggling with with what is God's will for my life. Lord, for those who don't know you at all, the obvious answer is to trust you and, and enter into the relationship with you that is real and it is certainly worth it. But Lord, for your children who know you, I pray that you would help them in that next step. Help them to know Drive them to, to read wisdom in your word and to spend time growing deep in the, in the relationship with you. And then out of this, I pray that you would answer that question of what is God's will for my life today. And may that answer bring you glory and be for our good. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's worship. Before we leave, I want to just encourage you to continue to check up on each other. Apparently, those of you who are not shy and live to hang out with a bunch of other people are not okay right now. And so, call one another and call each other a lot and help out if you can, put the word out of anyone who needs help. 
And we're going to do this. It's going to be all right. And I believe that somehow God is going to get the glory in all of this. And just know that we miss you and hope to be able to, to come together again in a few weeks. But we'll see. And I want to pray as we close. And just keep these things in your mind that we want to be found faithful. We want to steadily follow after Christ for our good and for His glory. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us here and giving us this beautiful day, giving us this beautiful faith family to, to share life with. And though we can't see each other, we know that you see our brothers and sisters wherever we are. And Lord, I pray that you would use this, this weird time in, in our lives to, to help us to grow, to help us to be steadier, to help us grow closer to you. And Father, I pray too that you would strengthen our love for one another. That we would look out for each other and, and enjoy it. So Lord, I pray that until we get to see each other again, that we see you even more clearly. And that you will prepare us for that day and in a few weeks from now, hopefully, when we can see each other again. And that anticipation of seeing one another will just heighten our anticipation of seeing you face to face one day. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you.